0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top Podcast. This is episode 163 for the third of ER in a leap year. And today we're going to be discussing a really interesting scene in the Bible, a scene which sounds really risque when you hear about it at first glance and might bring up a lot of questions, namely the scene where Yaakov, our forefather Jacob, meets Rahul for the first time. And what does he do? He kisses her (laughs) and then he begins to cry. And this might sound really strange. It might sound like, first of all, that doesn't sound very modest. It sounds really out of protocol. The first time you meet a woman, you before talking to her, before anything, you kiss her. And then secondly, you cry afterwards. So what is that about? And so today we're actually going to be learning that there actually is is a deeper meaning, deeper kind of spiritual intent behind all this very interesting story in the sense that each one of our forefathers and our foremothers, I should mention, so Rahul falls into this category as well, serve as archetypes for different types of attributes. And their souls were very lofty in the sense that they stemmed really from these supernal archetypes, these supernal energies on high that really come ultimately from this highest world of Atzilis, which we've mentioned. So when we look at the Story within that context, within the context of these spiritual energies, we actually can understand it in a much, much deeper way. And we can understand that, well, so, okay, so what is, what does, in speaking of archetypes, what does Yaakov represent and what does Rachel represent? So Yaakov, as we'll learn, represents the attribute of compassion, and Rachel represents the uh, collectivity of the Jewish people, the collective soul of all Jewish people. So as we'll learn today, what was really going on here was actually a very, very deep kind of thing. And it's a big, big, big message for all of us in terms of our service of God. So I think we should get straight into the text to try to see how the altar breaks this down, because I think he does a really good job, if I do say so myself. And I think that um, I think he can explain it better than I could. And so just to give a little bit of context before we dive in is that as you as many of you know, if you've been following along in the podcast, we've been talking about serving God and how to serve God and how um, especially to serve God to the utmost, which the utmost type of service of God is a service of God of where we keep Torah and mitzvahs for their own sake, for no ulterior motive. And how this can manifest in many different ways. This, this could manifest when we keep Torah and mitzvahs out of fear of God, this could also manifest when we keep Torah and mitzvahs out of love of God. And we talked about the various types of loves of God, innate love, love that we have to work on, love that's given to us as a gift. You can go back and listen to previous episodes to hear more about those things. And today we're going to bring up a new way of serving God, namely serving God, not out of love per se, and not out of fear per se, but rather out of compassion. And we'll learn what do we mean by compassion? What does this look like and why and how does this work and what are, what are we supposed to be compassionate over and all of that? So let's, let's get into it. So this is today, we're actually going to be learning a full chapter, chapter 45 in Likotiam Maram. So here we go. So the altar of it begins and he says, and here, now there is another way, another straight path for a person who to be involved in Torah and mitzvahs for their own sake. And this is through the attribute of Yaakov, our forefather, which is the attribute, as I mentioned in the introduction, of compassion, of rachamim. In order to, and what, so what does this mean? This means that a person could arouse within their thoughts First, the great a great feeling of compassion before God, over the spark of godliness which vivifies their soul, specifically meaning their godly soul. So we spoke about this previously that we all have within us a godly soul and an animal soul, and the godly soul of us contains within it a spark of godliness that it, that vivifies it, that gives it life. It life. And this spark of godliness descended from its source in the life of all lives namely god the in south the infinite one blessed be he who fills all the worlds and surrounds all the worlds and everything exists as if not in comparison to him and so this really supreme god you know this godliness that's really really high up there came down so imagine this it came down here into into this physical world and be and vivifies and and Invests itself in what we call the mashcha de chavaya. That's an Aramaic term that means the serpent's skin. That's the body. So it's it's like taking this really holy thing, this godliness, spark of godliness, and and it, it's manifest here in this like serpent skin, or serpent skin, our our physical bodies, which is so far from the light of the face of God with utmost distance. Because, and what do we mean by the fact that it's utmost distance? This is because our world is. The utmost place of the clepos of the uh, of the coarse clepos, and we spoke about this previously. To what this means, the clepos once again are the husks that conceal godliness from the world, that uh, that make us not be able to see godliness. As apparent, even though godliness is everywhere. And in our physical world down here, this is the place where the Klippos really predominate, where it's really a very opaque state of being. And especially, says the ultrapa, if a person will start to remember all of their deeds and all of their speech and all of their thoughts throughout their entire lives that were not great, that were not so good. Uh, and so he will see that this is likened to a king who's uh, captured in trusses, like who's who's uh locked up in chains, so to speak, and this is and this is imagery taken from Shir HaShirim. This imagery of the king being uh being locked up in 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 trusses or in chains. And uh, what do we mean by this? That it's locked up. That the what are the the trusses like the the weaves of hair, kind of. This is the weaves of the mind. Um, meaning to say, this is like the the weave the weaving of our impure thoughts god forbid like things that really we get wrapped up in these negative thoughts and then the ultra brings a verse to illustrate this imagery which comes from devarim chapter 32 verse 9 which is yakov hevel nachalato. so it's likening yakov her forefather to a rope to the rope of his inheritance so now the ultra is going to get a little bit more into this analogy a little bit more this idea of a rope and what this means and so he says that this is just like somebody who's like pulling on a rope. So it's like, let's say if you uh were holding onto a rope from a very high tower, you know, or you can maybe picture like Rapunzel with her really long hair. If somebody were to pull at her hair or to pull at the rope that you were holding onto, you would feel it at the top. So this is the whole idea of like, so that every single thing that we do down here, we, it's like a rope that connects up to heaven. And so when any action that we do here has an effect above, and the ultra press says that this is actually the secret of the of the exile of the Shekhinah, of the exile of the divine indwelling. So it's like we're basically bringing this Shekhinah into exile through our negative actions, God forbid. And now the ultra brings a couple of citations to elaborate upon this a little bit further, where he says, this one's from Ishayahu chapter 55, verse 7, where it says, That it says, and let him return to God and have mercy upon him. So meaning to say that the solution for this idea that it's, it we're all in exile, the Shekhinah is in exile, is that there, we actually, compassion is the solution to this. And so we need to arouse God's compassion. And what is it that God needs to be compassionate about? About this, the name of of God that is dwelling within us. So, and and then again, and he brings a verse here at the altar, about this is from Vayikra chapter 16, verse 16, which says, that Hashem dwells with, with us, with, w- within them, meaning within us, within their Tuma, within their impurity. So God is right where, right here with us in our exile. And so this is something which really should, um, if, if we can make God aware of this, we can make him feel compassionate over the exile, over his, uh, over his Shekhinah that's dwelling here within us. And this is something that we should feel really compassionate about as well. And so now the altar up is going to explain this whole story with, uh, Yaakov kissing Bruchel and explain it through this lens, which is a really beautiful imagery if you really think about it. So, so this is for context, this story and the verse where this is brought up is in reishi's chapter 29 verse 11 where it says so a few things happened here so and yaakov kissed rahul and lifted up his voice and wept so we're going to break down what each one of these things mean what is yaakov what is rahul what is this lifting up of his voice and what is the weeping all about so the altar Rabbi explains that first of all rahul let's start with rahul so rahul as we is spoken about in numerous places in Jewish literature, is really representative of the Knesset Yisrael, the community of Israel. Which what is the Knesset Yisrael? This is the source of all Jewish souls. And Yaakov, on the other hand, in his supernal attribute above, is the attribute of. Rachamim of compassion that is found in Atilla so Atzillus is the highest of all realms and this is the source of where Yaakov comes from this is like the representation of Yaakov above and so um Yaakov is the one that has this ability to be able to arouse mercy for the Knesset Israel, for the collectivity of the Jewish people. So this is why they make like a really good pair because there's Yaakov, which is mercy, and then Rahul, which is the collectivity of the Jewish people. So Yaakov arouses mercy for the Jewish people. Okay, so now that's why we have Yaakov and Rahul. Now, what's this deal with Yaakov raising up his voice? So he raised his boy- voice. It's like this imagery of lifting upwards. So it was like Yaakov was basically... Going upwards, elevating himself to his source in these higher compassions, like in this level of the supernal compassion, in this level of Atzilus, which is called what is it there? What is what is this attribute of mercy called there? It's called Avhagachamim. This is the father of mercies, and this is the source source of all mercies. So it's like really getting to the root source of the mercies. And then what did he do after looking up and or or rather calling up? Then he cried. So he he wept. Why did he cry? What was that about? And so the crying was in order to awaken and in order to draw down from these supernal mercies, from these very, very high up lofty mercies and to draw it down into all of the souls of the, of the Jewish people, of, of the collectivity of, of the souls of Israel in order to raise them up out of their exile and in order to unify them with true unity, with, with, with real unity with God in a way of a kiss so it's like if you think about again so now we go back to a kiss what is a kiss a kiss is unity you're uniting mouth to mouth so this is the idea of a kiss is not only when you kiss is the is the or the uh the lips touching but it actually there's an exchange of breath that happens so there's a unit unity of a connecting of spirit to spirit as it says and then the altar Abba here brings a verse from Shir Hashirim, which is a very there's a lot of imagery that very pertinent to these ideas. In Shir Hashim, this is the verse very right at the beginning. This is from chapter one, verse two, which says, Yishkeni pihu? so let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. So there's this imagery involved regarding God that has to do with kissing. So what does this mean? How do we kiss God? What, when do we kiss God? So this is the idea of whenever we speak, when we talk about halacha, for example, and, uh, and talk about godly ideas, then this is where we are connecting our speech with God's speech because God's speech is halacha. So we're connecting our speech to God's speech. So that's a type of kiss, that we're kissing God. And so too, if we connect our thoughts to the, to God's thoughts. So if we think about Torah, the same thing happens. And so too when it comes to action. So again, remember, we have these three garments of the soul. There's thought, speech, and actions. We talked about speech. We talked about thought. Now we're going to talk about action. That when we actually do the mitzvahs, then, and especially the mitzvah of tzachah and and mitzvahs involving lo, give, loving kindness and giving, um, these have to do with us being able, able to connect our action with God's action. Because we know that there's this principle that the... Uh, the, and this comes from Tikkunet Zohar, where it says that Chassid is the right arm. So it's like Chassid is connected to the right side, and Chassid, when Hashem does Chassid to us, this is as if He's actually hugging us. And this is, um, and this is illustrated again in Shir in chapter two, verse six, where it says Viminot mm-hmm. So that it says that his right arm embraced me, his right arm hugs me. So there's something about that right arm that has to do with hugging. And so when we are involved with uh, learning Torah, so just to recap, this is what the ultra Arbor is doing now is when we involve ourselves in Torah, when it comes to our speech or when it comes to our thoughts, when we really meditate and think about God and we really talk about God and Torah and all those things, then this is like we're kissing God because we're connecting our speech and we're connecting our thoughts with God. And so too, when we involve ourselves with uh, with God's mitzvahs, when we actually perform God's mitzvahs in a physical way, this is like God is hugging us because there's, there's an aspect of chasid to it. Especially when we give tzedakah, which is considered like the highest form of a mitzvah, is giving tzedakah, doing uh, good deeds, acts of charity, acts of loving kindness, and through that and all of that. And now the ultra Rabbi here concludes and he says that through this, through attaining this aspect of focusing on the rachamim, on compassion, then we can actually come to the level of avarabah, which is, we talked about, this is the great love. This is the highest form of love that we discussed earlier, and it can become revealed in a person's heart. As is written, So this is a verse from Yeshayahu chapter 29, verse 22, where it says that Yaakov redeemed Avraham. And so what does this mean that Yaakov redeemed Avraham? So Avraham is considered the attribute of chesed and of loving kindness and love. And Yaakov, as we've been discussing today, is the attribute of compassion. So even though we've been focusing today, about this attribute of compassion as an alternate form of serving God that really has nothing to do with love and fear. So it's not that it actually has nothing to do with it. It actually has a lot to do with love and fear of, of God. but um, not only that, it actually um, can lead to love because compassion itself can lead to to redeeming love. And then the altarvio says that this is explained, elsewhere at length. So that's the end of the section. And so just to recap, so today, the subject of today was really all about compassion and really all about how compassion can be a really great way to connect to God and to serve God. And this is really illustrated in the story of Yaakov kissing Rachel, because when Yaakov kissed Rachel, this wasn't just like a you know, interesting romantic story that is just like placed in the Bible kind of haphazardly, but there was a lot of spiritual things going on because ya- Ruchel is the uh, Knesset Yisrael, the collectivity of the Jewish souls. Yaakov is the attribute of compassion and so when he so when he saw her first of all he lifted up his voice on a high so he tapped into his source he tapped into the source of compassion on a high and then he drew down from there through his crying he drew it down into this world into and then he kissed Rahul to make a real connection so that this attribute of compassion would now be associated with the Jewish people and like and then how what does this mean this sounds really esoteric maybe and kind of like very abstract though it is a very beautiful story what does this mean to us practically is that through arousing this attribute of compassion within ourselves and we can really think about the fact that it, it, it is something to be compassionate about that our soul our godly soul that has that spark of godliness in it that spark of godliness came down through a really big journey that's like really depressing for it it's really not meant to be here This is not this state of exile is not the proper home for the our godly souls, for that spark of godliness here. So that's something that we really want to feel compassion over and we want God to feel compassionate about it. And then in order to connect our selves, our compassion with God's compassion is we do his will, right? And when we do his will, we can do that through using the three different garments of our soul. We can use the garment of thought, speech, and action. So when we connect our thoughts and our speech to God's thoughts and speech, so when we think about Torah, when we speak about Torah, then that actually is like us kissing God the way that Yaakov kissed Rahul. And when we actually do physical mitzvahs, especially the mitzvahs involving staka and chassad, which are really the ultimate mitzvahs that we want to do this is like hugging god and this is like accepting a hug, hug from god because we know that the attribute of chasid is very much associated with the right side and with hugging so uh, that is it for today and we will move on to chapter 46 tomorrow and i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana